The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We're the 24th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. The Dallas Cowboys select Tyler Smith, tackle Tulsa. Welcome, everyone, to Draft Week here at the Writer's Block Podcast. I am Brandon Laurie, and alongside me, I do have my co-host, the lovely Ms. Jess Navarez. You can follow us on Twitter at BrandonIsRight and at JessNavarez underscore. This is episode 33 of the Writer's Block, and 33 is a special number to me. And not only that, but by the time you're hearing this, it's going to be three days until the NFL Draft. So there's a lot of threes going around right now. I like it. I love it. Uh, To me, it's a sign of magical things to come for the Dallas Cowboys and this podcast. And just like Allie and AJ with the remake for the Disney Channel movie, now you see it. Jess, do you also believe in magic? I'm dead. That is so good. Oh my gosh, Brandon. Uh, peak audience reached with me with that one. That was incredible. Um, wow. I was going to say good things come in threes. That's yes. yep. what some people say if you want to see the glass half full. Um, so three is a great number. And I do believe in magic. You know that? I believe in magic of all senses. Um, And I think what you're seeing here going into this draft is a very peaceful feeling, which Mm. Cowboys fans enjoy because really what you're used to feeling pre-draft is anxiety of (laughs) we need a position. Are they going to do it? We know what we need, but you have the luxury now with what has happened during the off season, uh, you know, not just with these trades, but also the players that they acquired to regain on your team and those key players that they were able to keep again and key coaches. Mm-hmm. I would like to add there, you're seeing something where you don't have to stress going into this draft. You're drafting for luxury at this point, which is such a good position to be in. So I believe in magic. Um, and I'm trying to think of another song other than the potential breakup song that they had, um, I just watched their movie Cowbells the other day, actually, yes. yep. <laughs> um, which is so funny that you're bringing up Ali and AJ. And if you do not know who Ali and AJ is and you're listening to this podcast, um, go look them up. But they were iconic and absolutely loved them uh, growing up. But what is that one song that I am thinking of? I could sing it to you, but I don't want to hurt your ears. I, um, I know we were the Disney Channel generation, and that's why, like for me, like, I believe in Disney magic. I don't know if you saw over the weekend that the dragon in Disneyland, Maleficent, just engulfed in flames. Everybody's okay. Rest in uh, peace, Marie. That yeah. was horrific to see. As a Disney fanatic myself, a Disney Parks fanatic specifically, that was heart-wrenching. I, I legit almost started crying because I know that it's just a mechanical dragon and it doesn't have feelings. But to me, <laughs> it was just devastating to see. Um, by the way, the song I'm thinking of is Chemicals React. So the chemicals are go. reacting, people. Chemicals are reacting. Um, aside for the Disneyland dragon, rest in peace, Murray. Um, but for the Cowboys, on the other hand, chemicals are reacting. Good things are happening. And I'm just excited overall to see what happens in this draft. Well, And the one thing before we get into uh, our game, the pre-draft press conference, sort of cliff notes of what we wrote down, um, just the one bit of news, the the Cowboys made uh, three cuts on the roster, uh, a failed physical designation, Isaac Taylor Stewart, cornerback uh, from last year, Ian Bunting and Devontae Bond. Uh, We need to mention them just because they were Cowboys last year. We always want to give those guys credit. I I will always remember Isaac Taylor Stewart because if you're a fan of the draft show last year, they dubbed him Karate Jazz. 
on that show because he is a black belt and a fond lover of all things jazz. So that always stuck with me in my mind. And I don't know if many people knew about that, but I wanted to throw that out there uh, for Taylor Stewart. But those are three guys that they made roster moves. Nothing that'll kind of turn the needle one way or the other with regards to uh, indicating where they're going in the draft. Just kind of a little bit like house cleaning type notes. Yeah, not really much to say on it. I was trying to remember why Ian Bunting was such a popular name in my brain. And then I looked him up and I just remember Twitter was going crazy over him. So Cowboys Twitter was a real Ian Bunting fan. Um, and I all I can say is that last name is so fun and it would be so punny. But, you know, wishing him the best. Other than that, don't really have anything to add on. Um, it's just that that time of the season where it's like, especially draft week, you were so keyed in on every little thing that Jerry is saying and Steven is saying and Mike is saying. So we'll get into that, but wishing them the best, all the best to you three. If he goes to baseball, then it would make a lot of sense, but I, (laughs) I digress. Uh, We wanted to talk about the pre-draft press conference. Again, a lot of things were said, nothing kind of out of the ordinary. There were a few things I wanted to touch on. Um, I'll start first because then I'll kind of defer to Jess for the game to start. But I don't know about you. I am really appreciating how comfortable Mike McCarthy is acting in these press conferences. I think he has a firm understanding, like we've talked about on some of our early episodes of what it means to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. His personality came out, especially when uh, Steven and Jerry were talking for the first 16 minutes of the press conference and somebody finally asked him a question. He's like, oh, I really enjoyed where where this press conference was going. So I like how comfortable he's getting, and it was talked about by Jerry Jones that he's definitely had more of a say in the draft process than his time in Green Bay. Mike McCarthy didn't actually speak on it, but he Jerry Jones did mention that he was integral in the decision to take CeeDee Lamb and Trayvon Diggs, and to me, those are your cornerstone-type players right now, and at the time, and even before that, when it was Jason Garrett, Rod Marinelli, sometimes they would reach for players like a Tristan Hill, where they it might not have been the best player on the board, but it fit what they needed. Mike McCarthy just wants to take the best player available. And at that time it was CeeDee Lamb. And then in the second round, it was Trayvon Diggs. And they talked a lot about today about sticking true to their board. Mike McCarthy talked about that. So I thought that was something of note, especially with him taking over the offense uh, this season. Maybe it's going to be an offensive heavy draft. Maybe that's what he wants. But clearly he does have a say in the draft process. And I was happy to see it. And just like I said, his personality was coming out too. What I also appreciated that Jerry gave credit to here is look at the Mike McCarthy era. I mean, this is something that I know you Mike McCarthy haters just hate when I We scream. will get into it. We will get into uh, it. Look, yeah. I, I will scream this from the hilltop. Mike McCarthy has made an impact, a very positive impact in Dallas, whether you've seen it or not. And to me, Jerry giving him the credit for CD and Trayvon was huge today. And not only that, he gave specifics to why he was able to pick those players. It wasn't just, oh, he's a great player, period. It's these nuances that Mike just has an eye for, for for hands and the way they position themselves. And um, he talked about with Trayvon specifically how Mike basically said, like, he's better than the wide receivers out there. Like he's better than your wide receiver class. And so for me, I love how the mutual respect is between coach and owner here. You have, and and GM, it depends on which hat Jerry's wearing. Um, But you have that mutual respect, which I, I don't necessarily think he didn't have with, you know, previous coaching reigns and, and Jason Garrett, you know, him and Jason Garrett were buddies, but I think Mike just goes so underappreciated, and I appreciate so much that Jerry is giving him credit where credit is due, especially when you've seen what both Trayvon and CD uh, were able to do. Other things that, you know, kind of caught my eye, and you're going to hear my paper flipping because, to be honest, guys, I usually take notes on my computer. Didn't do that today. I went very old school, old and my school. hand is hurting. I like it. No, no it typewriter? Was- no no typewriter today maybe for the next one but this one was an hour long so i have three pages uh worth of notes from this press conference but i also um liked very first out of the gates jerry said uh i do catch myself thinking about a trade to me very interesting comment by jerry here um not shocking like you said there's nothing that came out of this that was very shocking but i did uh, my ears peaked up for that one um that comment specifically Um, when Steven was talking about how trades happen, I also liked how he emphasized that trades happen in the back end, not necessarily, um, 
uh, or they don't happen on the front end. So before the draft, they happen on the back end. So during the draft. So everyone's making their calls now like, hey, if our guy's available, would you do this or this? They're doing that now. They're setting up their boards, uh, which we heard about a lot, and their mock drafts. But I like how Steven really emphasized that. Um, let's see, what else do I have here? Jerry talked about there's an instinctive feel on making trades. He knows when to do it, um, and that's that goes into a mix on reflection of his past and Mike McCarthy being the coach, head coach, uh, having his input as well. So I thought that was something nice. Uh, we heard from Mike McCarthy talk about these uh, this big question mark with the O-line right now, who's going to be where, what's happening. He talked about Josh Ball and Matt Willetsko. Matt Willetsko. Yeah, I see, really hope he I, I said that last year when, when he got drafted. I said that. I said, well, let's go. You know, and, and nobody, ca- go. nobody got onto it. And, uh, yeah, I'm Just happy know? bringing it back. I'm, I'm there for you. Like, I didn't know you back then, which is almost insane, but like, yeah. I was there for you uh, back then. So um, he did say Matt had a great season, didn't really get into it. He did talk about Josh Balmore, who said, uh, where he said he's going to work more on the inside than the outside, both at guard and tackle. So again, more versatility with our O-line. Nobody is shocked about that. Um, Steven also weighed in on this entire O-line conversation saying you can't have enough of these linemen because you see what happens with injuries uh, and how they just happen overall. He said we would be very open to drafting another another one, so another lineman there. So I thought that was something that made my ears perk up. But most of all, what really got me going, and y'all know I have been on this tight end round one train. I've been driving this train Train kind of derailed in this press conference for me. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the way all three of them were talking about taking a running back and the entirety of that conversation was just so good. The the insight they were giving on getting a running back specifically in the first round, this would be Mike McCarthy's first time getting a running back in the first round. If it does happen, uh, again, we don't know what's going to happen, but if it does, it would be Mike's first time in his coaching history, which I thought was a really cool mention there. Um, Steven said that they do believe in Tony Pollard. Malik, uh, with Malik Davis, they're comfortable with what he did in the opportunities he was given. But he also said, if there's a good running back, I can't imagine uh, he's not going to get a lot of attention in terms of us going through what he could do for our football team when you lose a guy like Zeke. And to me, just the amount of time they all spend talking about running backs here um, and, and the value and finding a guy like Emmett who could go on that second contract and be valuable for not just a couple of years, but 10 years, which is so hard to find. But when you have somebody like Tony Pollard who can extend the life, if you will, of a productive running back, to me, I was like, ooh, I think I'm reading the tea leaves here and what you guys are like putting down. I'm kind of picking it up. So I'm still on that tight end train a little bit, but it's starting to derail just based on what they said. So those were the things that jumped out to me um, overall. But again, this pre-draft press conference usually has a lot of really good things. And then they end up doing like something completely out of the blue. So I try not to read into it too much. Um, but overall, I just think you're seeing a really comfortable front office here. You're seeing them just be honest and open about having these conversations, which you haven't seen in previous years. And I just appreciate that. They looked very relaxed. Like they, they down. Yeah. They understand their draft position. They were here last year. I think a few picks earlier and they understand that. Listen, uh, when you have their draft track record, like the Cowboys do, Feel that, like be confident in that, trust the process. And they talked about that. It's like, listen, you know, we can't sit here and say what we're going to do at 26 because we need the ball or the board to fall to us. And, um, you know, we we need certain prospects to fall and then we can start having conversations. And he said, Stephen Jones said it's a long night. You know, you have those conversations from the beginning and then till when it starts getting close to where you want to start having conversations. And listen, they're not going to tip their hand. They they never do that. But uh, you mentioned two things. The Josh Ball thing. That was something that was thrown out there by uh, David Moore by the Dallas Morning News. I reported that uh, a while back on blogging the boys. And it just seemed like that that was something that was a possibility. 
Josh Ball is really like a fish out of water right now. I think when Matt Willetsko, who we were just talking about, when he came in last year, I think they saw him as more of a tackle. And if they need him to be the swing, they probably feel more confident in him than Josh Ball. It's like, well, we still want Josh Ball to be on the team. They also want position flex across the entire offensive line. So it's nothing out of the ordinary for them. Um, and if they want to you know, see what he's going to be like at left guard, throw him into the competition. You want the best player there. And if he turns out to be a great left guard, then it's better for the team overall. I was just going to say that also goes along with what Mike McCarthy had said today about mm -hmm. uh, the second and third year leap. He specifically added that class of player in the guys that he expects to be your team leaders and step up the season. So for Josh Ball to be able to do that and earn that spot, it's going to be interesting. And um, you know, like I had mentioned that they were talking about, you need the extra bodies for that O-line yeah. because you just never know what can happen. They're so physical. Uh, and, and really, I think it just goes so underappreciated how much these offensive line guys really do for the overall play of the game. So you need everybody to be ready, whether they're first year, second year, third year, everybody needs to be on their toes. Everybody needs to be ready to go because this cannot be a downfall for the Dallas Cowboys. Your yep. O-line cannot be a downfall. It needs to be like the biggest, greatest wall for Dak Prescott because to be honest, it's it's not their strong suit going into this draft, which you know we can get into later. But yeah, I just wanted to point out that is the class of guy that Mike McCarthy emphasized today needs to take that leap. And the when they were talking about Tony Pollard, like you said, there was a lot of love for running backs and it almost seemed like it was too much. And John Mashota kept saying, coming out of the combine, the Cowboys were doing a lot of homework on the running backs. He said that on our show. He's talked about that on About Them Cowboys a lot. And it just seems like a very unkept secret that the Cowboys are going to be taking a running back at some point during the draft, whether that's rounds one, two, three, four, five, even. Um, and that's the type of draft that it is right now. You can find value at that position way later in the draft if they don't take one in at number 26. So I think that's great, but it almost like they had to stop themselves and say, Oh no, no. Like Tony Pollard is still on the team. Like we love Tony, all these things and, and, and nothing against Tony. Like they were saying all these things and they're like, listen, you know, we have to make tough decisions. We made one with Dalton Schultz where he, you know, they didn't sign a contract and they said, we have to make a tough decision when it comes to Tony Pollard and Steven quickly adjusted and said, you know, we want to have a contract negotiation with him. We want to have contract talks. And he said, you know, somewhere we want to see him in the future between the next three to four years. And that was a very interesting line to me because that puts the ceiling almost on where they want to go with Tony Pollard. With the running back position, we know that the longevity is not its strong suit. We saw the Cowboys sign a contract with Ezekiel Elliott that did not turn out to be the best for them in the long run. So when you look at where they might be looking for a contract number with Tony Pollard, you can at least know that maybe they're looking at the three to four year range. And if they do that, it depends on the money. But if they do a deal where it's maybe three years, 30 million, something like that, where he gets that same 10 year million that he's paying right now. Maybe you throw incentives in there. The big thing right now, especially with Odell Beckham's contract is up to like, that's the big thing right now. The big buzzword for all these contracts and free agency, it's up to because there's incentives that are thrown into the total number. So you could see maybe a contract like that. Maybe there's an opt out after year one, depending on what they have in the running back they draft this year. So I think that that was an interesting comment. And then the one other thing that you kind of even touched on was the Cowboys want starters out of this draft. They know that their time to win is right now. They know that Dak Prescott is going to have to be extended at some point. We talked about that last week. We'll probably get into it in our game. They know that everything right now is set to where that magical number of keeping your quarterback under that 13% threshold of the salary cap is right now. And if they don't attack it, they know certain players. And they even said, listen, the, every year that you have success and the number goes up for the quarterback, you know there's going to be turnover, and that's why you have to nail the draft. And that is their mindset. That's why you need to trust that they're going to come out of this draft with really good players like they have and just sit back and enjoy just like just like the way that they were today in the press conference. I also loved how they kept bringing up the Johnny Manziel example. Yes, and that's what I'm talking about. They were joking around, having a great time. You it know? was so fun to watch. I mean, it was a long press conference, but I loved – that they specifically were using that draft as an example of like, look, you really can't just jump at things with the draft. It's a process and you you have to work through it. Trust your boards. But man, I, I never thought I would see the day where Jerry Jones was sitting up on that podium laughing at himself for the fact that he wanted Johnny football. 
I mean, I, I never thought I'd see the day, but I love that. And I love just the mentality going into this draft overall. I mean, you nailed it. They were so comfortable. They looked relaxed and there's not this stress cloud looming over everybody right now. It just seems so, so luxurious to be in the position that the Cowboys are in right now. Um, and who knows? I, I think, um, you never count anything out with this Cowboys front office. You could see them trade up. You could see them trade down. You don't know what they're going to do. And I, I actually really love that because in previous years, like we had talked about at one point too, of, you know, there were years you absolutely knew what position they were going with. I love the luxury of you can really pick and choose. Yes. You have some spots on your team where you probably need a guy more than others. And you're probably hearing my dog hacking uh, <laughs> and chewing his foot as we speak right now. Well, he is chewing his foot. He, he but is I, laid back just like the Joneses, you know? He's relaxing over here, yeah. He's chewing his foot, having a great time. I, I love that for me and Toby in this apartment by ourselves. But um, anyways, I really am just so excited to see what we continue to get out of these draft prospects because I trust Mike McCarthy and who he wants. I That's who I trust. I trust Mike McCarthy to find your guys in the draft he has clearly has an eye for talent. And if anybody is going to say otherwise, like, come at me. We will debate this all day, every day. I will defend Mike McCarthy's eye for talent. I will die on that hill. That is a new hill I will die on because CD and Trayvon, mic drop. I really don't need to say anything else at that point. And Jerry also uh, alluded to the fact that he read Clarence's article about the draft. And Hilarious. to me, that also kind of put me on notice where I'm like, does he have a Google alert set up to where it's all Dallas Cowboys articles? And like, does mine come into circulation? And, and believe me, I'm not saying that he's reading my articles, but I'm just saying Maybe it's like listen to this podcast. I, I don't know why you think he wouldn't. I'd like to think that we were a little influential with a lot of the free agency decisions Same. that were happening. You know, when we played Same. GM, you know, taking notes, that's totally fine. Uh, we'll take all the credit for it yeah. or not at all. Whatever he wants. Uh, Whatever Jerry wants, Jerry gets. Pro bono. Period. Pro bono. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's, if there's nothing else, Jess, that you wanted to talk about with regards to the press conference, um, we'll get into our game because I think it's a it's a unique way where right now, this time of year, there's going to be an interesting article that I, I'm going to be putting out this week, which I think will be a lot of fun for readers to look at the draft prospects in a unique way um, as a little teaser. But when you look at all the content that's coming out, a lot of mock drafts, a lot of stuff. You already have read so many things about the draft. Let's just, we're going to set the table and we're literally going to do it where maybe Justin and I are at the same family party, the same party where it's just a potluck. People are bringing certain things. You know, we've been to a lot of parties over the years, some good, some bad. Like we, we take mental notes, people. And it's also part of the reason why, like, we're going to be giving you maybe our favorite foods and drinks that we like to wear. Maybe if you want to send a care package our way, that's totally fine, too. Or maybe some restaurant recommendations. We endorse that as well, especially 100%. especially Always. in the DFW area. I mean, I don't live there, but from what I hear, a lot of good food, a lot of quality stuff going on there. Um, so please, all the recommendations, we'll take them. But we're going to be setting the table. We're going to have a drink of choice, an appetizer, entree, and dessert. And we're basically going to talk about how it relates to the Cowboys in some sort of draft capacity. It could be a player. It could be a theme. It could be a storyline, anything that we really want. Um, so I will always defer to ladies first. So Jess, I will start with you. Give me your drink of choice and what you're bringing to this table. Okay, so my table is actually going to be set at a Mexican restaurant because being from New Mexico, the Mexican food is elite. Tex-Mex is trash. Another hill I will just die on. <laughs> um, when I have an opinion, it is a strong one. And that one is a fact. Yeah. That's not even an opinion. Um, no, but really growing up in New Mexico, having the luxury of actual Mexican food, I didn't realize was a luxury until I moved to Dallas. And it's just nowhere to be found. Uh, Tex-Mex is a very different kind of Mexican food. But we're saying that my table is set at a Mexican restaurant because uh, the best food. So the way I'm setting my table is how the Cowboys have set their table throughout the span of this offseason since the last season ended. So I'm going to set the table with them because this is what we've seen. My drink of choice is going to be a top shelf margarita. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Like top shelf. We're working with the good stuff here. Um, expensive. Brandon <laughs> <laughs> expensive you'll know why um 
I'm going with my drink of choice, which is a prickly pear margarita. If you've never tried one, it's the best ma- margarita aside from just a classic margarita. Um, sugar rim, preferably salt rim. If you can't give me a sugar rim, um, I'm not really a on the rocks kind of gal, but again, this is our Mexican restaurant. So whatever you want to customize here, just know you get your top shelf margarita of choice here. Okay. Um, and it's top shelf because your drink of choice was Dan Quinn staying in Dallas. It not only sets the tone for your entire experience at this restaurant and at this table, but you can never get enough and one is never enough. You want to just keep them coming. You want more years with Dan Quinn to just keep on coming. It keeps you buzzed. It keeps you on this high buzz where these drinks are just coming and coming. And here's the thing. What Dan Quinn does is he keeps you on a buzz for complimentary football, which you absolutely need. You need a strong defense. Defense wins championships. We've heard that over and over. And that's what Dan Quinn does when Jerry was able to acquire him once again to stay in Dallas, even though uh, we didn't think that was a possibility. So there's also just no drop off as many margaritas as you want. It's just so good every time you get it. Cause it's a great margarita. There's no drop off from the, the first one, the second one, the third one. I don't think there's going to be a drop off that you see from the first year, the second year, the third year, you're going to just continue to see it build up. Um, like we've seen with Dan Quinn. And this gives you the ability to, and let you to um, allow you to enjoy the rest of your meal, if you will. So, um, this again gives you the ability to enjoy the rest of your Cowboy season, knowing that you have Dan Quinn commanding that defense in ways that really no other defensive coordinator would, in the terms that he got. I, I'm not saying this for sure. I think him coming back was just solidifying that you get those key players to come back as well. Donovan Wilson, LVE, all the guys, I think eventually uh, that conversation will come up with Micah Parsons and Micah doesn't hide that. So um, as long as you have your margarita or your Dan Quinn continuing to stay in Dallas, you're going to have a good meal no matter where you're sitting at this table. I absolutely enjoyed that. I thought that that was a great Great analogy. And we went very similar uh, in style, not in taste, but in style. Uh, for okay. me, the, the drink of choice is a peach whiskey smash. And not only is it a refreshing wow. adult beverage, but it is something that you can start enjoying this time of year. It's not really something that's in the fall. It's not really something that's like in, in the early stages of spring. No, no, it's like spring to summer. And I say that because it's the same for the draft. When you look at the draft officially starting out, it's really the turning of the page of the new season. And it's a refreshing thing because it takes the entire bad taste out of your mouth that was left from the 2022 season. Nobody wants to think about that. I know it pains me to still think that Ezekiel Elliott's last play, maybe, uh, with the Dallas Cowboys is the play where he's a center. You know, it just doesn't work. Yeah, we don't have to think about that. You're right. We don't have to do that. I just give me the peach whiskey smash that is just a palate cleanser. It's something where it's refreshing. You're turning the page on a new season. And there's going to be new prospects that are coming in the door. Like, how exciting is that that not only do you get to root for more players on the Cowboys team that you really enjoy and love, but you're seeing players' dreams come true. And that's the most enjoyable part where you see the the phone calls. You hear the audio from Jerry Jones to these players. You hear how excited the families are. And to me, that's just a, a very underrated part of this process and something that gets overlooked sometimes. So for me, that is my drink of choice. I will go with my appetizer next. And again, we might not be at the same party. For me... It's a buffalo chicken dip, and I think you can't go wrong with a buffalo chicken dip. But for Delicious. me, I know for me personally, I hated anything buffalo for years, and I finally came around to the idea of it being enjoyable, sort of like my taste buds for buffalo chicken dip. I've kind of come around to this idea of drafting a tight end at number 26 might be the best decision for the Cowboys. And I say that, and it's not because of you. It's not because of Howman. I've been sort of a under-the-radar advocate for that uh, for a while. but Wow. It's oh, Wow. And I've been doing a lot more research on the tight ends, looking at the film, seeing the different prospects that are out there, especially at the top. Uh, and even with the Cowboys being mocked a tight end, Michael Mayer out of, out of Notre Dame so much by so many people who are plugged in, into this industry. But I do think that when the Cowboys need an impact starter on offense, yes, they could get it at the running back position, but they do have Tony Pollard. Yes, Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot are still here with the team. But if a player is there at number 26 that has far and away more talent than those two, 
why not add him to the offense? Why not go into 13 personnel where you can have Ferguson, Hendershot, and the first-round draft pick on the field at the same time? You can do so many unique things, and I think with Mike McCarthy, that just opens up sort of Pandora's box in a good way of this different offense that he can run, something that's unique. He mentioned that he's been in the lab since 2019 looking at all these different things and the way that the uh, the modern NFL runs their offense. To me, the modern NFL is an athletic tight end, and you have four premier guys at the top of the draft uh, that could really fill that role. So to me, very similar to Buffalo Chicken Dip. I hated it at first. I didn't believe in sort of the taking the tight end in the first round. I've come around to it, and it's now become one of my favorite appetizers. Chew, chew. No, literally choo-choo on the train in that Buffalo Chicken Dip because mm-hmm. that sounds delicious. Yeah. Um, and I I didn't know that. I didn't know you weren't like a big buffalo guy until recently. <sighs> Anything that's like remotely spicy, even just a little bit, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's not good. I just It just doesn't taste good. It ruins the food for me. But I think over time, again, my taste buds have to just get acclimated to it, you know? Well, I hope your taste buds are acclimated to my appetizer uh, because it is chips, salsa, and queso. Uh, You can interchange the salsa and the queso if you want. But for me, we're going to go with salsa here because it is spicy. And what that spice is is the Cowboys franchise tagging Tony Pollard and managing to keep him in the offseason. Now, why is this my appetizer of choice? Well, because any good Mexican restaurant lover like myself knows you can base how good the food is going to be at this Mexican restaurant by the chips and the salsa. Like, you just know what you're working with. As soon as you see the chips and salsa, you taste it, you know how good that restaurant's going to be, okay? So it sets the tone for the rest of the meal. In this case, Tony Pollard sets the tone for the rest of really your offense. Aside from Dak Prescott, we saw what the loss of Tony Pollard did in that 49ers game. Jerry alluded to it today. Uh, Again, we record on Mondays to uh, the loss of, you know, with the injury, what happened in the second quarter of the 49ers game. Things started to unravel a lot. Uh, I was going to say a little bit, but a lot of it. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat that. So it's not a good dinner and not a good Mexican dinner without your chips and salsa. To me, it's not a good Cowboys offense, if especially you're wanting that identity to be the run game without getting Tony Pollard done deal franchise tag however you had to keep him in dallas keep him in dallas and they did mention in that press conference that they see tony pollard hoping tony pollard can be a three or four um, long-term contract kind of guy so three or four years there um but overall he's going to be my chips and salsa because he brings the spice he sets the tone and it's just not a good start to dinner if you don't have a good chips and salsa. It's not a good start to a Cowboys game if you don't establish your run game with Tony. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Have you ever been to a Mexican restaurant where they didn't serve chips and salsa? Like, Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've walked out. I've been, and again, I don't blame you. For me, it's more Tex Mex up in New Jersey, but uh, I know it's there are some good places, and like I've come around to more of the restaurant style. Like, I know certain people do things differently, like the chunky salsa, but the restaurant style, it's like 
some people no. like it where it's just more water than than tomato. I I don't know. It's like for me, I I like a good tomato. You need to keep yeah keep the tomato in the salsa. You don't need it to be. And I've started to get more acquainted with salsa salsa verde, the the green okay. salsa. The green salsa, yeah. Not bad, not bad. It's it's uh I don't know if that would be Tony Pollard or if it would be more of like a a restaurant style because he's not chunky. He's not he's not like the big boy. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, for me, I I think with salsa, I don't have a type. It's your salsa, I'm gonna love you for what you are. If you're good, legit salsa and you're made correctly, um, I'll go for some salsa verde, I'll go for some red chili, uh, pico de gallo, that's another one of my favorites. Mm. Um, I like a lot of lime in that. So oh, yeah. uh, zesty, he could be like the zesty pico de gallo. Since you're like a tomato guy, you like your tomatoes, I like the zest. Maybe Tony Pollard can be like your pico de gallo of this uh entree that we're setting up here at this restaurant uh tony pollard will now and forever be known as zesty pollard that's what we're going to be calling i love him. it so. zesty pollard <laughs> i love it so what's your entree pollard de gallo oh, oh my gosh oh <laughs> my gosh jess could not click the unmute button any faster she was so excited to did you see that that's... just like drop in my head because Pollard the light bulb turned on it, I had to just shout it out to the world. What, you know, you being the world. This yeah. is the stuff that you get on no other podcast. You know, <laughs> on, on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. Uh, so anyway, yeah. so what is your entree of choice? I'll let you go first. All right, my entree of choice. This is going to be a little debatable here, but bear with me, people. I promise it's good. Okay. It's going to be Mike McCarthy taking over the play calling. And for me, when I go to a Mexican restaurant, I'm an enchilada gal. I love some enchiladas. Um, it depends on what, but we'll get there. So how does this correspond with Mike McCarthy taking over the play calling? Well, it depends where you go. Enchiladas could look a little bit iffy from the outside, depending on where you are. So where we're standing right now, half of Cowboys Nation is like, eh, I don't know about this. And then the other half is like, yes, I'm all for it. I love this. I'm crazy about it. But again, they could be at two different restaurants here and their enchiladas could look iffy or they could look really good. So um, that's how that ties in together. But at the end of the day, enchiladas end up being very filling and they're full of layers. Not an onion, not to be mistaken. Not Shrek. An onion and Shrek. No. Yes, not that. But they're layers you can't see. And for me, what you can't see with Mike McCarthy is a lot of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, but you see little flecks of it like you did in the press conference today where you're seeing Jerry giving him the credit. You're seeing the year's worth of work that he's put in. I was actually wa watching a little bit of a, a documentary earlier today about the year that Aaron Rodgers got drafted. And um, in that, Mike McCarthy was talking about, you know, back then how he was spotting out Aaron Rodgers' for his nuances as a quarterback and how, if it was up to him, Aaron Rodgers would have been that, that guy for him. Right. And he ended up being anyways, whatever, whatever. But the point is Mike McCarthy doesn't get the appreciation he deserves, whether you like him as a coach or not, he does have layers of experience. He has years of years of years of years stacked up like enchiladas do, you know, they have the good things. Like I, I personally like to add chicken to mine. So he has, the Super Bowl title, he has, you know, years worth of records that he's managed to come up like beating every opponent in the NFL at this point uh, in his coaching career. And it just goes underappreciated. So he has these layers of of things that people don't appreciate out, out of him because for whatever reason, the enchiladas or Mike McCarthy still look iffy and they need to prove themselves that they taste good and that they, they can look iffy but they're actually really good. So for me, it's Mike McCarthy taking over the play calling because I think what you're lacking in that offense or what you were lacking was the experienced play caller when it just made sense to have that. You had every single one of your components of that football team with experience aside from your offensive coordinator. And there was a clear drop off. In my opinion, what I was seeing, um, you had Bones Fossil taking over special teams Clearly, he has that veteran experience. You had uh, Dan Quinn, obviously, speaks for himself as my uh, margarita of choice here. And then you had Kellen Moore, where I think he just kind of was in over his head, overusing his toolbox, really still getting out those rookie mistakes, even though he's not in that rookie era anymore, but he's learning as he's going still, right? So for me... Mike McCarthy taking over the play calling, that's your main entree because you're getting experience of just years worth of things and nuances that Mike McCarthy has an eye for, 
I'm all for it. I'm all for those chicken enchiladas. I'm going to go with green chilies. I'm going to go with the chili verde for these Mike McCarthy enchiladas. But that is my entree of choice. I'm still stuck on Pollard de Gallo. Uh, it's still, uh... Look, it was so catchy. I'm sorry. Like it just came to me. Like the light bulb turned on the, the hamster was working overtime yeah. to get that. But Pollard de Gallo, I mean, guys, come on. So can I trademark that? I, I should trademark that. I think you should actually, I think you should, if there's any way to let, I mean, I know Pollard's parents, they actually own a, a barbecue shop, um, a barbecue restaurant. Oh. Uh, I think in Memphis, they own a, a Pollard's bar- barbecue. I follow him on Twitter. Great. Or Instagram. Great follow. Oh, um, look at that. But I, what I wanted to ask you about Mike McCarthy, because you brought him up as this entree that it was talked about. And he said it jokingly in the, in the press conference that it was, if it were up to him taking over the play callers, he'd draft all offensive players. And it was sort of tongue in cheek, but I brought this up on this podcast. I know Tony Catalina, we talked about it on our mock draft. He wrote an article about it where it's very reminiscent to the 2021 draft where Dan Quinn came in and they drafted a majority of defensive players. Now that he's the quote unquote new coordinator, the new guy in the building, even though he's been in the building, but he's taking over play calling duties on the offense. It's his offense. Now, is he going to be picking more offensive guys in this draft? And do you trust him to do that? And you kind of highlighted it a little bit, but I just wanted to ask you like if, if they pick a majority of offensive players, are you going to be disappointed or are you going to actually be excited because it's like, okay, now Mike McCarthy has his guys. Let's see what he can work with. No, I won't be disappointed because Mike McCarthy has better eyes for football than I ever will in my entire life. Um, And to me, you have Dan Quinn in the building as well, who can sit there and take care of his side of things defensively really without the draft. I mean, debatable, right? Like, you can say that for either side of the ball at this point, um, that you have the guys if you need them. But to me, when you're looking at what the drop-off was for the Cowboys last season, it's their offense. And it, it, yes, it started with the scheme and the play calling and all of that, but also just making sure you have enough guys lined up and you could say the same thing for the defense. But all this to say, I absolutely trust. If they go offensive heavy in this draft, I'm all for it. If they go defensive heavy, I'm all for it. No matter what, it's what they need and what they're going to see talent growing with. It's that draft and develop mindset. So I trust Mike McCarthy to make great picks. He hasn't proven me wrong yet. Knock on wood. And I hope you can hear me knocking on the wood. Um, But I mean, his track record up until this point, even before joining the Cowboys is pretty dang good offensively. And so I even liked, um, he was talking about, I think it was John that asked him, Maybe it wasn't John. Somebody asked him, you know, what would it take for you to draft a tight end in the first round? And he went into specific details of what he looks for in a tight end. So for me, if you're getting a tight end, if you're getting a running back, if you're getting an O-line guy, no matter who you're getting, you're getting a guy that, you know, Mike McCarthy, the scouting department, everybody, Will McClay has put in time to study these nuances and bounce back and forth and make sure that they were the guy to get. So whether it's Mike McCarthy picking, Dan Quinn picking, I at this point I trust that coaching staff enough to say they're going to not let us down. I, I like it. And I completely agree. And listen, I'm sitting at this dinner, you know, we we had the buffalo chicken dip. You know, that's yeah, great. Are you hungry? I, like, I got, I got, got a peach whiskey smash here, and I'm looking, and it's a beautiful spread of you have some pizza, you have some somebody brought, you know, like little wieners, you know, something like like chicken and oh Oh no. No 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 no. Somebody Uh-oh. Uh-oh. somebody decided to take it upon themselves. Oh no. And wants everybody at the party to eat healthy and they brought oh. veggie and brown rice casserole. And I'm Ew. looking at this and I say to myself, this dish is nothing that I want anything to deal with. It does not interest me. It is something that I am perfectly fine with where I'm at. I have my pizza, got the little wieners here. I, yeah. That's what I want. And this is the opinion that I see where people are like, no, no, no like it, it's okay. This is a good opinion. Dak Prescott. Now nah, let's move on from him. No, let's draft a rookie quarterback. Let's put him in this offense, reset the rookie clock and all these things. Listen, guys, this draft class of quarterbacks, it's always a hit or miss. When you look at the statistics of quarterbacks that hit within the first round versus the later rounds, like a Dak Prescott, not good. The first round quarterbacks, it's statistically proven that you do not want to take a quarterback in the first round, but people still take the chance on guys who aren't like that lock in first round 
tra- uh, draft prospect like a Joe Burrow, and he's our guy. Um, but it's a draft full of outliers at the quarterback position. You have Bryce Young, who immediately steps into the NFL as the smallest player at the quarterback position. For a guy that's going to be taking a lot of hits, you do not want to hear that as somebody that you might be taking at number one overall as the Carolina Panthers. The Cowboys do not need to trade up in this draft. They do not need to take a quarterback in the first two, three, four rounds if they want to take one later to develop. Maybe in the fourth round, you can kind of convince me depending on who's there. But it's just crazy to hear this type of conversation. And it's just as crazy as somebody bringing a veggie and brown rice casserole. I do understand that, you know, oh, well, uh, Kyle's talking to me because it's always a Kyle who brings a, a veggie Brussels sprout, you know, sort of dip going on. I was thinking it was like a Jake. Yeah. Okay. I feel like yeah. It's like a Jake. Jake, you know? Kyle, they're all at this party. Like a and- J name, four letter J name specifically, which like I can't really talk, but like yeah, Jake. It just seems like a Jake thing to do. Yeah. Jake, Kyle, they're both at the party. Nobody likes them. They're just like somebody's friend that they brought along because they had nothing to do. And he's telling me like, listen. It's a great dish. You can get healthier from this. It's a long-term thing. Like, you want to change your health. And while Kyle and Jake are right that the fact that the logic of drafting a rookie quarterback resets the clock, you don't have to pay any money, you can build a better team, long-term success is better when you have a rookie quarterback financially, and you also don't have to give Dak Prescott a $50 million contract annually like what Jalen Hurts was just given. You know, it resets the the market for that sort of second, third-tier quarterback, which Dak Prescott is really in that range of a Jalen Hurts type, maybe a little bit above. You can kind of convince that based off of, you know, whatever his agent wants to negotiate. So I do understand that long-term eating this veggie brown rice casserole is probably better for me. Unfortunately, it is not anything I want to deal with right now. Give me the pizza. Give me the barbecue. Give me the stuff that I'm used to right now where everything is set for the Cowboys, for Dak Prescott Prescott to succeed this year. you got Brandon Cooks in the building. You have CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup a year removed from the injury, and maybe you throw a rookie wide receiver into the mix. That is a perfect recipe for success for me right now. Don't miss me with your veggie casserole. I'm okay. We'll maybe revisit it next year and my long-term health when I get into a doctor's appointment for the first time in a while. But that'll be that'll be next year's problem, not this year's problem. I would love to meet this Kyle slash Jake guy at this cookout. <laughs> I would just love to say because I feel like that person that brings the veg- the veggie casserole like is just the guy that thinks he's the life of the party and he's not. Like, guys, if you're listening and you are taking something to a potluck, whatever, don't be that person. If you learn anything here today, don't be that person. Uh, Just go get a pizza or even take a salad. Like, because a salad you can at least make good. You know what I mean? Like, you can add some dressing, some toppings to make it, like, unhealthy at that point. But Some chicken. you can still make it good. Yeah. yeah. Caesar salad. Delicious. Caesar yeah. salad is elite. Um, so, so your dessert, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to wrap it up with, and that was, that was the, that was the, the bad take. Listen, everybody has to, you know, bring something bad to the table. It's just a life lesson for you guys out there to know. Don't be <laughs> don't a Kyle. Me. Don't be a Kyle. Don't be a Jake. So who yep. do you, what, what do you have for your dessert to close out your meal? Okay. Well, it actually ties in with the rest of my extremely exquisite um, Mexican food restaurant meal because I'm going with a tres leches cake. And Brandon, have you tried a tres leches cake? I have. It is very good. It is very good. So delicious. And it is my favorite kind of cake. Um, It's so easy to make. It's so delicious. Anyways, anytime there's tres leches cake on the menu, I am getting it. There is like a 200% chance that's happening. So my dessert is going to be a tres leches cake. However, here we go, guys. I'm about to derail this train real quick. That is drafting a running back. And I'm not saying... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm not saying in the first round. I'm not saying, you know, it has to be Bijan. I'm not saying Bijan or bust. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying drafting a running back because tres leches cake has two key components here. You have a one-two punch that you had in Dallas that is just a one punch right now, but you saw all the impacts and you know all the positive things that come with that. A Tres Leches cake is made with two simple ingredients. That is cake and that is the leche, the milk, um, that goes within that cake. You can't have one without the other because it's just cake or it's just milk. With this entire style of running game that the Cowboys offense has set up for themselves, you need to 
really reliable, steady running backs here. And yes, we were talking about Balik Davis and how, um, you know, Steven said that he's comfortable with whatever opportunities he's gotten. He's proven himself. But I like a little friendly competition here, and I like this draft and develop mindset for getting a running back within the draft at some point because you need to keep the longevity. If you're planning to keep Tony Pollard around for three or four years, you need the longevity of his body. You need to continue that one-two punch. You need your Tress Leches cake. You need your milk. You need your cake here. Um, And so all that to say... Drafting a running back, it's not necessary. No dessert is necessary within your meal. It just makes Speak things sweeter. Speak for yourself. Look, <laughs> I, I order dessert first, okay? <laughs> I don't know why you started with drinks. I would have started with a dessert because that's just the order of meals here. But um, my aunt always tells me life is too short to order dessert last because you just never know what could happen. So yeah. um, if you're going by that mindset. But it makes things sweeter and it adds a cherry on top of things. Um, just overall, you don't need a running back. But if you have the luxury of getting one at some point in the draft that you can draft and develop to be that guy that extends, you know, the the lifetime, if you will, of everybody's body, whether it's his own, Tony Pollard's, uh, Malik Davis, whatever the case is, it just can make the entire meal better. It can make the entire team better to have that extra running back. You have an extra body. You saw what happened when TP went down during the playoff game. It ensures you insurance. It's insurance is all it is. Cake, it's a luxury. It's not a necessity, but it is so dang good when you get to end your meal with that. So for me, this offseason um, leading from my appetizer, my or excuse me, my drink, my appetizer, my entree, and then going to my dessert, that would just be the cherry on top, is to ensure that one-two punch continues to be a punch and just a jab, jab, jab in the Cowboys season and not just like a light little like flick. Uh, I need it to be a punch. That is something, and I will say, before we get into my selection, I wouldn't be remiss as a journalist to throw this out there for anybody who struggles with uh, figuring out how to spell desert and dessert. Dessert is always with two S's because you always want seconds. That is oh, how I figured dear, it out. You know what? Add a round of applause here because that was beautiful. And, Actually, that's poetry to my ears because I was struggling to figure that out. I did add two S's, but I had to Google it. Shout out Raritan Valley Community College for that. Thank you uh, to uh, actually <laughs> it was my geology <laughs> professor. So nothing wow. to do with writing, but it was my geology professor. So uh, shout out to geology professor for that. I just like to point out, listen, we said at the very top that this episode is episode 33. We said that there are three days until the draft. When you are listening to this on Tuesday, you mentioned Tris Leches cake. Of course, Tris in Spanish means three. Uh, my, and we did not talk about this at all. Like no, we, we did not. And my dessert, uh, for, for this is ending with a nice campfire s'more. And we know with s'mores, oh, we know with s'mores, there are three ingredients in s'mores. Again, this three moniker, it just keeps coming up. Uh, we have the marshmallow, the graham cracker, and of course the Hershey's chocolate. And just like a s'more, you have Will McClay, Stephen Jones, and Jerry Jones. Yes. This front office that has drafted so well well under the Mike McCarthy era which has three years under its belt you have in 2020 listen you have CeeDee Lamb who is now a two-time pro bowler you have Trayvon Diggs two pro bowls and a one all pro nomination Tyler Biotish a pro bowl even though it was an alternate he still got the pro bowl nomination Ben DiNucci which our lives are better with the Nooch in it Shout out True Brand, shout out Sea Dragons, shout out the playoff bound. Go Sea Dragons. Yeah, playoff bound. I like it. Um, yeah. 2021, you have Micah Parsons, Defensive Rookie of the Year, two-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, two-time Defensive Player of the Year finalist. You have Osa Adigizioa, who is a plus starter, in my opinion. And then you also have Israel Mukwamu, who is basically a dark horse this season to be a really impact player for the Cowboys. And then depth pieces with Chauncey Golston, Quentin Bohan, and Matt Farniak. And then in 2022, you have the miraculous discovery of Tyler Smith being better than what everybody thought he could be. Sam Williams, Jake Ferguson, Matt Willetsko, Deron Bland, Damone Clark, all with the arrow pointing up to being really good players, solid contributors for the Cowboys for the next few years. That's six out of the eight players that they drafted. Of course, the ninth was John Ridgway, but he's no longer here. 
and you still hold out hope for Jalen Tolbert to develop as his rookie season being sort of like a one-off of just a, a random weird thing happening. And then Devin Harper getting a finally a shot to show something he was injured last year. And of course, with Luke Gifford leaving, he can be sort of a core special teamer uh, if that's how John Fossil envisions him to be. So remember, just like the campfire s'more, that this weekend, even if the Cowboys pick players that you're not absolutely fond of, that you don't really like, they are sweet at acing the NFL draft in recent years, and they have been reliable just like a s'more itself being a reliable, tasty, sweet dessert. Congratulations. And to add to your chronicle of, the, of threes here, this is all happening in the year 2023. Mm. That's, hey, listen. <laughs> there you go. I, I like it. And before we get out of here, because I know we're getting close on time, uh, it is draft week. And while last week we talked about who the Cowboys might pick at number 26, I did want to get Jess on record and telling me in this sticking with the moniker, uh, three positions that the Cowboys will draft in the first three rounds, but in no particular order. So you don't have to say, oh, this is round one, two, three. But if you want to, you want to be bold, put your name attached uh, to the ledger here. Uh, I'll let you do that. But what three positions do you think the Cowboys are going to draft? I am not going to attach names. Um, I'm just prefacing with that because y'all will laugh at me and I don't want that uh, to happen. I'm going to go offensive heavy here just because, again, I think that's kind of where your drop-off is and you go for the the strongest classes here that you're seeing within the draft. Um, I'm going to say running back in your first round. I'm going there. I know, guys, the train is derailing. And not because I want it to. It just it makes sense. Uh, second round, I'm going to go tight end because you have a deep enough tight end class that you have the luxury of waiting until the second round for that. And then third round, I'm going to go offensive linemen. However, you can always flip tight end and offensive linemen, in my opinion, um, and still have a very great and productive draft. Um, just hearing how all three of those positions were spoken about today, by the front office and by Mike McCarthy, it just makes sense. Of course, they didn't touch a lot on defensive um, players in the draft, but I think this will be a very offensive heavy draft, in my opinion. I agree. And again, we did not talk about this. I will cheat, just bend the rules a little bit, because again, I'm also the type of person where it's not cheating. It's just bending the rules, maybe competitive advantage. When you're playing Monopoly, you sit next to the bank. You know, the banker's not looking. You take a little one, oh. one's off the top. Uh, Remind me to never play Monopoly with you. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> so I put down, like you just mentioned, I put down tight end slash offensive line. And I say that because... Uh, like I said, I think there's a lot of smoke around the Michael Mayer pick. I think there's a lot of smoke with the Cowboys having a lot of interest in, in tight end. You mentioned it, Jess, that Mike McCarthy poetically talked about what he wants from that tight end position. He wants a tight end that's very flexible and what they can do with either blocking or flexing outside to be a wide receiver threat. And I think he fits that role. Dalton Kincaid, Darnell Washington. And then I think if all the tight ends are gone or somebody that's not there that they like, I think they go with somebody like a Steve Avila from TCU. That's somebody that the Cowboys have shown a ton of interest in. There's big reports of him as a potential name that goes, uh, you know, sort of like the floor being like the Cowboys. The Saints are heavily interested as well. So I think that he's a name to look out for uh, on, on draft day. And then I had round two. And and plus, he's a hometown guy. Exactly. And he Cowboys seems, love their hometown guys. He seems like he's a great guy, too. Both of them are really good. In round two, I had wide receiver. In round three, I had running back. So just like Jess, I had a very offensive, heavy draft. So with that said, there are a lot of things going to be happening at the Blogging the Boys, not only website, but also YouTube channel with draft coverage coming up. Uh, shout out to RJ's Twitter. If you go on there and you follow him and you see what he came out with today, he's teasing some potential you know, draft prospects coming on for potential interviews uh this week on the blogging the boys uh youtube channel so be on the lookout for that as well there might be a podcast uh, component for that but we'll see uh so if people want to get jess's draft takes during draft night for when they hear bajan robinson's name in the first round if it's somebody that she absolutely loves where can people follow you uh for all your draft takes well uh i will be tweeting a storm away and when i say that it's going to be a very light storm because I'm going to be taking notes during the draft as I do uh, during most Cowboys things now. And that is my friends working in sports is <laughs> take notes. Life of note taking. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You leave during college things. and everything else just stays the same. And yep. it's just you become yep. in more debt. That's the only thing Never, that Never grow up. It's absolutely not as fun as you think it is. Although you get to spend your adult money on like really cool things like 
uh, going to Disneyland to me, that's just an investment in itself. Like it's worth it. Anyways, we're talking about Disney earlier and just made me want to go, but you can follow me uh, at Jess Navarre's underscore on Twitter And during draft night, I am going to be taking notes because what you're going to get is a recap episode for me every night um, following the draft. I'm going to go over in 10 to 15 minutes. So it's quick, right to the point, you know uh, what, you know, the Cowboys and other other teams are doing that makes sense for you to know about um, in just a little recap episode. So that's what I'm going to be doing every day of the draft. So you might not see me in any live capacity. Uh, I'm saying might because I don't know exactly yet, but that's what I'm going to be doing to make sure you guys stay nice and informed during the draft. I like it. And you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon is right. W R I T E draft coverage. And also uh, probably in the background, I'll be playing the song working for the weekend. Cause that's what everybody at blogging the boys will be doing. Uh, and it's just, listen, it's, it's just a fact of life. And then after this, it's like the off season kind of slows down just a little bit. You know, you could take a little breather, a little reset. Um, but this time next week, we will be recapping what happened in the draft for the Cowboys. Uh, it's going to be exciting. I, like I said, more so than anything, there's going to be new players to talk about new faces to, to bring, on potentially and, and talk to so I think that it's just an exciting time not only for them and their families but also their NFL career so uh, we're all excited and we are big champions of that so for Jess Navarez I am Brandon Laurie thank you everyone for joining us at the Writer's Block Podcast we will talk to you next week and always remember go Cowboys 